Hi, everybody. Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host. Each week, we begin a path on a different subject that is of interest to all runners. Since it's early February, and most of us are looking to races ahead, I thought it would be helpful to talk about training plans. This week, I started my training training for 50K I'm doing in June, so I've been spending a lot of time studying and working on my own training plan. On June 22nd, I'll be running the Gateway 50K, put on by Shasta Trail Runs. It's a beautiful course skirting around the foot of Mount Shasta in Northern California, just north of Redding. And I can't wait. It's so beautiful up there. I cannot. It's it's going to be really a lot of fun. I've been staring at my training plan for a while, moving things around, then staring at it again, then changing everything, then staring at it and moving things and staring at it once more. I can't be the only person who does this. <laughs> really, I, I know other people are doing it too. I tell you, it's been slow moving because with the rainy cold weather, I haven't been much in the mood to get into serious training mode yet, but I'm starting to this week. Finally starting to get back into it. I I guess I don't really have an off season, but maybe I have an off month. (laughs) After my ultra last month, I said that I was just tired and I took a couple weeks where I didn't do much of anything, gained weight, obviously, and now it's like, oh, I got to get back into it again. So... I am. I believe um, that everyone should have some sort of a training plan. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced runner. And it can be as simple as a few scribbles on a sheet of paper saying that you'll run three days a week, a couple miles a day, to complete an upcoming 5K. I, I believe something is better than having no plan. Especially if you aren't used to races, you aren't used to running regularly, and you don't know where to begin, it's a really good way to hold yourself accountable. It's super important to hold yourself accountable because you are responsible for yourself and there's really no one out there to say, time for your run, you have to do this, you have to do that. It's really up to yourself. And it doesn't matter if you're racing a 5K or 100 miler, plan for what you want to accomplish. This is the key. Ask yourself, what is my goal? I feel it's necessary to know your goal first so you can narrow down your training to fit that goal. And I did use goal as a singular. There should be one thing you wish to accomplish. Let's say you want to run a 5K without stopping. That's your goal. Or you want to run a half marathon in under two hours or run your first 50k just like that have your goal if you're a beginning runner and your goal is to finish your first 5k without stopping then your training should focus on that as a beginner three times a week is fine although if you wanted to add another running day or two that's fine just make sure you have at least one day of strength training and core work two is better but one at least one day which will help your muscles make your muscles strong enough to carry your body through running three miles and maybe a rest day because you're beginning and your body's not used to such stress. See your skeleton your 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 skeletal bones, your skeletal structure is moved because your muscles move them. Your muscles aren't used to you running. So they they become very weak from you running. Running doesn't make them st- it can make them stronger, but if they're weak, 
getting some strength training makes them a lot stronger and and a lot um, more able to take the jarring of running. Running is very jarring. It's very good for your bones. It makes your bones strong. But it's hard on your muscles, especially if your muscles are weak, if you've never run before, if you're not used to running. And a lot of people aren't even used to walking who start running. So it's really good to get that strength training in. But let's say you've done a couple 5Ks and you're ready to take the plunge into 10Ks. Um, I look up. It's good to look up training plans online, but look up free ones. There's no absolutely zero reason to pay for a training plan. There's plenty of free ones on there. Just look for certain things. Um, look to see uh, what's what. What's a great training plan to me? Um, offer for someone for an inexperienced runner. It offers five or less running days per week. It has. There's time in the plan for strength training or cross training, and maybe a rest day. I I don't I really don't suggest that inexperienced runners run more than five days a week because it's it's such a difficult sport and a difficult thing for your body to get used to. I don't even run five days a week. I run four days a week because I cross I strength train cross train three days a week, so I I need to. And so I, I I try to work out every day of the week. I do something every day of the week. I take rest days when I have to. I don't schedule them in. I take them when I have to. But I'm used to that. Um, but I would say don't look for a plan that pushes too many miles too quickly. You you want to be be real be on the more um, conservative side when it comes to things like that. A lot of plans go way too fast too quickly. Or think that you're going to be out there running, you know, six-minute miles. You're not, unless you're really, really fast. You could be. I, I could be wrong. You know, you could be. But there are plenty of paid training plans. But I don't see the need to buy one when you can choose for, from some really good ones. And just look at some different ones. And you can put your own together. You don't have to follow one. I, I never did. I always put my own together after looking at different ones and picking what I liked from some. And just putting them all together and making my own. You know, race entries are, are expensive enough. Why spend more money on a on a training plan when you don't have to? Spend it on shoes instead. <laughs> Find one that suits you. And as I said, remember you can switch days around. Nothing is set in stone in stone. If it says you do your long run on Saturdays, but you can only do it on Sundays, then switch days. If you work weekends, do it on the weekday. It's your run, it's your rules. I would, however, not follow a plan that suggests running six days a week. That's too much for beginning runners, even for most experienced runners. As I said, I only run four days a week, and that's plenty for me. I don't want to run any more than four days a week. That 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 fits my life and my schedule just fine. And some people do good on three. Three is not enough for me, so I found a good balance for myself. You find a good balance for you. Some people are streakers. They run every day. I I don't want that kind of responsibility hanging over my heads. I don't want to feel like I have to run. Oh my god, I have to get a mile in or I'm going to break my streak. Uh, no, I don't want that. Then it, then it doesn't turn into, then it's not fun. It's like a job. <laughs> no. No thanks. You know, it, it, it's really up to you. You have to find a good medium for yourself. If you love running, if you can handle six days a week, that that's your choice. But But find something that works for you. But always re- remind yourself that you have your one goal. What do you want to accomplish? 
when you realize, when you determine what your goal is, then you can set up your training around that goal. If you want to be faster, if you've done a couple 5Ks and you say, oh, I want to run a 5K under 30 minutes, then you have to set up, then you have to set up your training to match that, to get yourself there. You'll have to add speed work. Now, I like like sprinting. Now, I suggest only doing that once per week because it's very hard on the body. It's very good training, and you're going to have to do that if you want to get faster. But don't do it more than once per week. I would suggest maybe maybe finding a track. You can do some intervals. The real meaning of intervals, not the run-walk stuff that, that's Galloway invented, but the real intervals where you where you take a distance of of quarter of the track or 220 or 440 you sprint and then you walk or slow run for a quarter of the track and then you do sprint again then you walk or run and then you sprint again and you walk or run and you do that maybe 10 times and you warm up with with a half mile run and you cool down with a half mile run it's a really really good way to you do that once a week and you're going to get faster you just are it's really it's it's the perfect way to get your speed up. Um, you can also do it on the street where it's actually called fartlicks. Fartlicks are, I know it's a weird word, it's a Swedish word, um, and it means it's speed work, but it's not, it's, 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 doing, it's doing speed work by not, um, by, for a predetermined distance, but not exact measurements. So let's say I'm going to sprint from this mailbox to to the uh, telephone pole, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna go slow run from the telephone pole to the street lamp, and then from the street lamp to the end of the block, I'll I'll sprint. That's what that's what fartleks are. Now, when you're ready to go to the longer distances, such as half marathons and beyond, it gets a little bit trickier. Um, you you're gonna have to time. You need time before your race to get your long runs in especially your longest run before your race. You should be able to, if, if you want to do a half, you should be able to run six miles. I, I would su- I suggest, if you can't run a, a 10K, do, do a 10K or at least run the distance of a 10K, which is six miles, 6.2 miles, before you, you start training for a half. That's my opinion. Everyone has a different opinion, but that's... If, if, you, if you do that, you'll be less likely... To get injured. Um, so your longest run in your half should be two weeks before your race, which gives you time to taper and, and rest up and get strong before your race. Three weeks is too long, I think, because then you lose that edge. Two weeks is like the perfect time for a half. Um, again, there are plenty of, of in any in any distance, there's plenty of free training plans to choose from online. So you can go ahead and look for some. And the the perfect ha- half marathon training plan should have you run at least 10 or 11 miles one time. You don't have to go any farther than that. You really don't. Just do that once. If you can run 10 or 11 miles, you can finish a half. That's not a problem. If you've already done a half and you want to speed up, then you've got to do the speed work once a week. You can also get a tempo run in if you run four or five times a week. Do speed work. You can get a tempo run. Tempo run is is a bit faster than than your regular uh, running time, but it's not as fast as sprinting. 
and you can do that on the street. Now, your speed work should be done um, the day before a day you don't run. Like, let's say, do your speed work, and then the next day you're at the gym and you only do upper body strength. And that's perfect, because it gives your gives your body the time to, to recover from speed work, because it's very, very hard in the body. So you shouldn't be running the day after speed work. So you see there's a lot, lot of... A lot of planning goes into this. And your long run, I would suggest not running the day before your long run because you want to rest up. If you want to run the day after your long run, that's fine. If you want to do just um, a recovery run of a couple of miles, two or three miles the day after your long run, that's great. That's always good. But don't run the day before your long run because you're going to be worn out when you actually need that energy for you the longer distance. This is especially important when you get into half marathons and above. Now, when I now so when I started running in the eighties, I started running when I was twenty-four. I'm fifty-nine. I'm going to be sixty in a little, little teeny little while. Um, most people were only running five k's and ten k's, and maybe the um, the rare twelve k, like the Beta Breakers. People ran that, but hardly anyone did halves, and very even fewer of those did marathons. And ultras, I had never heard of ultras. I hadn't heard of ultras till a few years ago, to be perfectly honest. <clears throat> Excuse me. I I did a half marathon back then, and my my very first half marathon, and. It was r- not fun. <laughs> it was my first. I'm sorry. I, I'm wrong. It was my second half marathon. My first half marathon I was actually trained for. But um, my second one, it was not fun at all. <laughs> I do not advise doing shots of tequila the night before a race. <laughs> don't do it. Don't, don't, don't use me as an example. <laughs> yes, I have a lot of stories back then. Some you will never hear from. <laughs> hear about from me. Anyway, there's a well-known rule in running. Don't increase your weekly mileage more than 10%. It's a good rule to follow, give or take a few percentages. I mean, if you're more experienced and you can add more miles in, and 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 that's fine. But as as a beginning runner, it's really good to, to stick to that. Just be more conservative. You know, this, this is, a, as they say, life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So take your time. You know, build it up easy because you don't want to be out because of an injury. You know, and if you miss your the, the long run you're supposed to or a couple long runs and you haven't gotten the mileage in and you're afraid you're not ready for a half you have coming up, it really is better to reduce it to a 10K or miss it rather than risk injury. I mean, unless, unless you want to walk the entire time or if they have a very generous cutoff time. I personally wouldn't want to walk the whole way knowing that I missed out running it. I'd rather just miss it. That's me. I mean, it's it just it's your choice. Just try to be as planned as as you can and things come up. I mean, I've ran races where I was really hurt and I shouldn't have and that wasn't fun. I would not do it again. I ran the SF marathon uh t- 3 years ago. With, with or two years ago, two years ago, three years ago, I don't remember now, but with really, really bad IT band pain, uh, the whole second half, it was really awful, and I will not do it again. If I ever have that problem again, I'll drop out rather than rather than go through that that whole pain. It was it was horrendous, not fun, and probably my worst experience in a race. 
Now, if, if you trade for a marathon and beyond, full disclosure here, I've never, I don't care if it's 5K or, or an ultra, I've never felt fully prepared for any race I've ever done. I've always felt that I could do more. <laughs> Even even when I'm, when I'm there at the starting line, I've never felt, well, I'm prepared, I'm ready to go. Uh-uh. I just don't feel that. I always feel like, you know, geez, couldn't I have done more? Couldn't I have I put out more of an effort? Couldn't I have done this? Couldn't I have done that? And maybe that's my own personal insecurities. And maybe everyone feels that way. I don't really know, but I feel that way. Just remember that the pounding and torment your body and, mi- and mind take while running long distances requires a lot of training, so don't underestimate it. The worst thing you can do is underestimate a marathon or an ultra. You can fake a half. I've done it. I did it on a hangover. <laughs> really, I was up almost all night doing shots. I did it. You can fake it. Few people are successful in faking marathons. Some can, but most of the time you're just going to feel a lot of pain and it's just not going to be fun. So maybe you might succeed and do a great job in a marathon or maybe you might just spend six hours in just utter pain and no fun at all. I mean, yeah, long races are going to be painful, but there are times that are really, truly amazing and wonderful. Even races... I. I was supposed to I was supposed to do my first ultra was supposed to be skyline to the sea in last October it was supposed to be my first 50k but I missed but there was a halfway cutoff time and I missed it by 20 minutes so they they rerouted me so I did a trail marathon I wouldn't have made the final cutoff time anyway even if I had made that 20 minutes I wouldn't have made it because I barely made the cutoff time for for the entire race with the marathon. So there was no way I could have put in the, the extra five miles. The thing is, though, that I uh, my shoes were half size too small, so I lost one of my big toenails. So I was in a lot of pain most of most of the half co- most of the last half of the course. But even with that, I had a good time. It was a be- It's a beautiful trail and a beautiful course. And it was just a great day, and I really loved pushing myself. Yeah, I could have done without the pain of my toenail, but it was still great, and I was really proud of myself, even though I I wasn't able to finish the the ultra I wanted to. So, you know, could I have been more prepared? Yeah, I, I, sh- I could have. But I know I, I got sick, and I missed a lot of my training, but I had had enough training that I could finish a marathon, so I did. I didn't do not. I mean, it came out. And if you look at ultra sign up, it's a do not finish. But I did finish. I mean, I just didn't finish what I was supposed to. <laughs> anyway, so um, you know, nothing is set in stone as far as your training goes. It's it's your race, and you can. It's your training and your race, and you can set it up. The only thing you need to do when you get when you get in the longer distances, you have to get that long run in. And 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 the problems that I've had when I've had problems is I, I skipped a long run or wasn't able to get my long run in. You can usually skip a few of the weekday runs, the little runs. That's not going to be the big deal. It's the real long runs. You have to get at least one of those long runs in. Maybe, you know, you, you just have to. So if it's your first marathon, give yourself at least four months. 
And one person suggested in a group I'm in, saying, add an extra week because, well, life happens. And it does happen. We wish we could spend our lives going through and, and everything's bliss and wonderful and happy. But these things come up. You know, as I said, I got sick. Or when I was training for, the, for my first marathon in 30 years, it would be my second marathon of my life, but my first one in a long time, the California International Marathon, my father passed away. He was 94, and, and he he passed away in his sleep, so he, he wasn't in any pain. And we knew it was going to happen. We just wasn't weren't sure when. I had to fly to where he lives in Florida. I'm in California. So I had to fly to Florida in the middle of my training, get some training runs in hot and humid Florida. And I missed and I missed some training, so I didn't, you know, and plus mentally I wasn't all together with it. So it was a hard time. So things happen. So if you have the extra week, you know, to plan in if things happen, that actually that helps a lot and that's really really good advice so sometimes we cut it too soon and we think everything's going to be great and as long as nothing bad happens in my life i'll get my training in just fine and of course something always does happen you know like i said it's okay to get those small training runs in but always try to get the long run in and you know like me, most of us will never be happy with the amount of training we, we get before a race. But when it's race day morning and you're on that line, you have to accept it. Or you have to say, I'm not ready. And I have also cut back. I was going to do the Oakland Marathon. And I was I was still having problems with, with IT band, which I've solved. So I don't have that anymore. But I was supposed to do the full one. And I cut it back to the Oakland half. This is like three months after after well I'm sorry it was six months after I was having problems and so I cut it back to the Oakland half and it and it was a good race and it was fine but I knew if I had done the full which at that time had a lot of hills in it the full Oakland marathon it would have been really really tough so I couldn't have done that so you have to really really decide I mean it's up to you and it's up to your race and and be realistic about it there are other always other races I know we we get caught up in the excitement of it we want to do a race we haven't gotten our training in or we feel injured or something like that we really have to take responsibility and just be the adult thing sometimes and and either defer drop down you know or suck it up and sucking it up is not always the best choice and sometimes if you run you this this happens too it i was the opposite but it has it's happened you do you you say okay i want to do one marathon and that's it and you do one marathon and then you found that you don't like marathons that you, you like running 5 and 10k's so you drop back to those and you don't want to go any farther anymore you've done your one marathon and that's it and that's great i am the opposite i want to go farther and farther and even though it hurts more than anything else we've ever felt in the world we still want to do it <laughs> just cuz just pushes us harder and it hurts and it's so hard and sometimes my mind feels like it's going nuts but I still want to do it it's it's just something in me and I know during every one of my training cycles I'm going to get that one crappy run either a leg gives out or I feel pain or I crash on the trail I I have done that I took a pretty good face fall one time but a big bump on my head and 
and a couple scraped knees, and I had to walk six miles to the bus stop. Oh, I looked—I must have looked like hell too. I'm bleeding all over. Yeah, that was a—I was a sight to see. Or the weather is the absolute worst, and we know that that's part—that's part of training, and that's what makes us the toughest. It's what makes us know that it's all worthwhile and that we can handle anything. I seriously love it. Even with all that, I, I love it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it or switch it for anything. But I can't state this enough. The long run is vital when you go for long distance. You have to do that. Make sure you give yourself a two to three week taper period. Longer is not better. And you don't want to get a super long run in the week before. Two weeks is not may not be long enough for an ultra. It depends on you and, and how your body handles everything and how strong you are. Um, just make sure you give yourself enough time. Time, time, time. It's your race. It's your run. Your training plan. You decide how to do it, but do it the best way you can. And don't forget your one goal. All right. Um, the, today's rest day reading is a book by a well-known author and runner, Matt Fitzgerald. It's called How Bad Do You Want It? And Matt is a certified nutritionist and distance runner. And he started his writing career in 1995 by writing for Triathlete Magazine in Sausalito. And the full title of the book is How Bad Do You Want It? Mastering the Psychology of Mind Over Matter. It's a really, really helpful, great book. It's engaging, it's entertaining, and the stories are really incredible. His other books include Eighty Twenty Running, Diet Cults, Racing Weight, and which I have recently, I have that one too, and his latest Eighty Twenty Triathlon. Instead of showing us how we can keep going when times are tough, he gives us a descriptive engrossing stories. He gives us descriptive engrossing stories of athletes he's previously written about at, in his career as a sports writer. And I love the writing because he, he writes as a sports writer. So they're active. They're in the now. You, you feel you're part of, part of this person's um, story. They're, you're part of their life. You're, you're right there watching them do their sport. I mean, each one, each athlete has their own adversities to overcome, and we can learn from from each chapter. It's it's really engrossing, and 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 everything is unfolding before us. And he won't tell you what you need to know. You'll find that out yourself as you as you read each person's um, each chapter of each person, and and Siri Lindley. You know, there's one on um, Greg LeMond, the the bicyclist, who finally won the Tour de France, and it, it shows how how it took him a long time to do that. And he had to fight through some adversities to do that, whether it be his mind or something else, he had to do it. And Siri Lindley, a, a triathlete, her story of how she had to let go before winning the, the Ironman World Championship is probably my favorite but there isn't one I didn't enjoy and didn't learn something from. Let's see. Her story is called The Art of Letting Go. And there's something in here. Let me see here. Um, he talks about flow. And how flow is what you find 
you know, called it flow and defined it as the state of complete immersion in a purposeful activity. Endurance athletes describe the flow state as one in which they seem to become the thing they are doing. And I love that because I, I get flow myself and I get flow when I, I'm on a trail mostly or when I'm on a long run and, and you're just at that point where it doesn't matter. Nothing hurts. It feels good. And you feel like you could do this for hours. And oh, you just want to bottle that up and take that with you because it's just the best feeling in the world. That's what flow is. And let's see. Between, let me see, what does she say? Physical preparedness is one such factor. He talks about learning how to, let, let's see. Here, here, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to start here. As this study hints, flow is not entirely controllable and hence cannot be regarded as a coping skill in itself. It appears that a number of factors have to line up just right for flow to occur. occur. Insofar as flow is controllable, controllable, anything that helps an athlete race less self-consciously promotes the flow state. And in flow, in turn, is the ultimate prophylactic against the self-sabotage of choking. Learning how to exploit these flow facilitators, therefore, is a vital coping skill for all endurance athletes. So you have to understand how flow works and how that can help you so you don't mess up a race. And especially for someone like a Lindsay, who, who is a top champion athlete, she, her story, um, you'll find it if you read it, um, or when you read it, I hope you do read it, it becomes really important. So you have to, um, physical preparedness is one such factor. Research has demonstrated that people are more likely to experience flow when performing tasks in which they have a high level of mastery. So you have to get used to what you're doing. And once you uh, get trained in your running and get more experienced, you'll have this this feeling of flow. It's, it's I, I call, I find it more euphoric. It, it's like a feeling of euphoria where you want to do it forever and nothing feels bad. And so all these stories in here, they're all different and they all have something you, you can learn and I think you would enjoy it. So if you're looking for a good book on your rest day, pick it up. How Bad Do You Want It? by Matt Fitzgerald. So thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate it every time, every week. And this podcast is weekly. It comes out every Tuesday. And you can look you can listen to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, Castbox, and Stitcher. And you can check out my website at MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. You can email me, which I would love to hear from you at MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmx.com. And you can look up my Facebook page of the same name, Martha Runs the World. You know, please like, please like my Facebook page. Please like iTunes. Leave me, leave me comments. Email me. Let me know what you think. And until next week, let's tie up our shoes and head out for a run. See you next time. <laughs>